We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Alexander. McCollum staying with him. Spins, gets inside. Left-handed off the glass. Oh, what a sweet move. Giddy, tough spot. Back door. What a pass. What a play. And Jada picks the pocket of Trey Young. He'll take it himself. This is Lou Dart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Uncontested Sunday Show, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. I'm your host for the night, J.D. Silva, here with some fellas that include Nick. What up, what up? That hat is so ugly, Taylor. Take it off. Wow. Slander off the top of the show. We're also joined by Justin. Hello, everybody. And we're also joined by Taylor in his lovely hat. Not only the hat, it's a shirt as well. Great weekend to be a tailor. Uh, it's like I always say, <laughs> boomer hurricane and rain sooner, baby. Boomer hurricane. Uh, hey, Taylor, T- what's it like being a Chelsea played fan? OU. And, it, you know, I mean, obviously, T wasn't going to win. You, you guys seem very confused. We're just you're wearing, a- the, you're wearing the, the two logos that played each other this weekend. Or Correct. two weekends ago. Was it this weekend or that was yesterday, ago? Nick? Was it yesterday? Okay. What day is it? That was which is why I explained it to you all because obviously you're very confused. Oh, is it and a win-win or a lose-lose? It's a win-win. Oh, you mm. looked great. To you had some momentum to head into the AAC because we finally played our uh, quarterback that should have been starting all along and Cardell <sighs> Williams. Something about C. Williams and and freshman uh, quarterbacks. It's exciting. So here we are. <laughs> Here we are, here uh, we Sunday are evening. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Nick, uh, how did the the OSU Cowboys perform Uh-oh. this weekend? I'm curious. As expected. Wow! <laughs> wow! It was a, a bad team coming in the year, and they look bad. If you're shocked <laughs> and you're an OSU fan and you're sad, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, their Cowboys looked bad. Nick's pessimism uh, crosses over into college football <laughs> as well. It we, yeah. it's not pessimism; it's realism. Mm. <laughs> Sounds That's what like I usually say to you. Would say. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite literally Silva and Kamiar and I's uh, conversation about our, our favorite soccer our team. Soccer team is in uh, a dark, very dark place. Um, it, it's it's going to be an interesting night here, folks. Uh, Jacob's not here, so we can say whatever we want about him, to be clear. Yeah. That's why I've already taken this down to college football and, uh, exactly. and EPL rabbit hole. Yeah, we're just letting it rip. Uh, <laughs> before we fully dig into this show, uh, which is going to be a fun show, we're going to talk about some over-unders. On Wednesday, we did best case scenarios with Taylor and Jacob, and today we're doing worst case scenarios with Nick. That's why Nick is here. <laughs> That's why Nick's here. Uh, but before we get started, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five star rating if you have not done so already. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and probably not Threads. Probably not Threads. Also, <laughs> is that dead? Probably. I uh, mean. I go on there, and every post I see has like one or two likes. So I'm like, hey, something, something's not going right. Um, last thing, also, get ready for this Wednesday. We're doing a crossover episode with Dan Favalli of Hardwood Knox. I believe it's going to be Jacob on that one. Not Taylor, maybe. I don't know if you're joining or not, but 
uh, yeah, crossover with Hardwood Knox this Wednesday. It'll be, I think it's going to be our show followed by their show. It'll be a great time. Correct. I think yeah. we've, and we've done it before. We've had Dan on before. Uh, great friend of the of the podcast. Uh, we love, we've stayed in touch ever since he's been on and really excited to have some of us on his show and, and him to get to return the favor. So it should be a fun Wednesday. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's dig into this stuff. I'm going to start with over unders. I'm going to kind of do some thunder ones, some league wide ones, and eventually we'll get to Nick's darkness segment. So <laughs> I wanted to start us off with one that I was thinking about a lot this week, hearing uh, some recent national NBA podcasts. I was listening to the recent low post. Um, so let me give some context to this first before I say it. So Zach Lowe twice in his, on his last two pods, he has mentioned that the thunder it's, it's uh, not when it's, it's not if it's when the thunder make a trade to you know, fast track this, this program. Uh, that was two weeks ago. This most recent one, he and Ramona Shelburne were on, and Ramona Shelburne kind of offhandedly said, how long are the Thunder going to keep doing this? And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> doing what? Doing Ramona? what? What? <laughs> Rebuilding? I mean, it's that feels like it's over at this point, so I don't know. Uh, so that's that's the narrative is is popping up that the Thunder need to push their chips in because because of SGA. He's so good. It's like, build around him now, right now. So... With that being said, how many times I'm going to set the over under two and a half times we hear a national pod be impatient about OKC two and a half. Are we talking uh, this week or we're talking <laughs> we're talking on a major national on a national podcast, like a whole segment dedicated to why right. the Thunder need to push their chips in right now because SGA is so good. That's a fair clarification. So like, yes. I guess uh, these last two examples were more so like one off comments. And maybe a little more uh, follow up, but like an actual segment. Yes. Okay. With some urgency, some like, why are they waiting so long? That that kind of thing. Still think I'm with you, Justin. Are I'm you... going over, like easy over. It's yeah, going to happen same. on the Bill Simmons pod. Oh my god, get, that might be the first it, like, one. Get, yeah, give it a, two a couple to three times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to happen. Bill Simmons is going to go on a rant about how the Thunder are pissing away SGA's prime and need to stop messing around or they're going to lose SGA. They're not going to get the arena vote passed and the team's going to move to Seattle. I can't do a, I can't do an East coast accent. I wish I could, but something (laughs) along the lines of, I don't know if you guys know this, but there is actually a a new arena vote coming up. And um, I don't know guys, something to keep an eye on. Plus minus is basically a team stat. (laughs) I'm glad you prefaced that with, that you cannot do an East Coast Correct. accent. But that's why like, I pitched Bill Simmons. It is. Excitement. I appreciate you trying, though. Um, <laughs> it's going to be on uh, no dunks. Feels like a safe bet. Yeah. Like, Skeets is going to go off about how SGA needs to come home to the Raptors and the Thunder <laughs> need to stop, you know, not not surrounding him with competent peace. Those are easy. Uh, you can easily probably add three or four more on top of that. I think... What's what's interesting about this over under to me is these segments are going to fly off whether the Thunder do well or whether the Thunder do bad. The narrative will not be affected by the Thunder's play. If they do well, it's look how good they are. They need to go all in. They need to push for a championship. And if they're bad, it's look how bad they are. They need to change up this team. They need to bring in real pieces around SGA. He's too good. So either way, the Thunder well, are going to be slandered. That was actually my question. Which which direction do you think amplifies this whole narrative? Is it teams underperforming and they need to change or is it overperforming? And it's like this man, they're a piece away from making noise in the West. Like which, which direction would it amplify more? It's, it's a good question. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately in today's, I don't know. I mean, we could say society as a whole, but that's a very deep rabbit hole to go down. We live um, in a society. Especially in, <laughs> That's right. Taylor's getting philosophical Especially in now. today. Yeah, Jacob's Jacob's gone. I'm, I'm going down all the rabbit holes. Uh, but when I think about sports media today, like I, I don't think it's going to be that black and white, Nick. Like I think it's going to be more so the Thunder performing well. Wow, this team is so exciting. And uh, what can they do? Like yeah, look at the direction that Presti is building. And then like after maybe the all-star break, they go through like a five-game win streak because that's the nature of the NBA. And we talked about some of these stretches the Thunder had last season where they performed really well. Other times when they didn't perform so well. And that's when we're going to get the whole segments that Silva's talking about. Like, man, 
SGA is dropping 20 whatever a game, and why are they not using these assets to go and trade for a fill-in-the-blank superstar to uh, make this team a championship contender? So I'm not even sure. Like I, I think your thinking is very level-headed. I unfortunately I don't think that's going to be the segments we will be hearing on yeah. some of the. I, I guess you did say actual podcasts, not just um, articles. So mm-hmm. Silva. Yeah, it's. It's the predetermined easy narrative for people that don't watch OKC. And every every team yes. has these, right? Like yeah. LA, it's how there are a bunch of washed up players that are, you know, trying to prop up an aging LeBron. And like there's a lot more nuance to that situation, but like that's the take if you're not watching the Lakers 82 games. That's why for I was so years, surprised by the low stuff. Like as Zach Lowe was saying that of all yeah. people. I'm like, why? I, I that that's why I'm personally like, if you want to actually understand a team, go listen to the pods, not to like toot our own horn, but like go, go listen to the pods like us because they're the ones watching, you know, the nothing Wednesday night game against the Houston Rockets. That's, you know, a 40 point margin. They're watching all four quarters and breaking it down. Zach Lowe's not doing that. No. He's trying to watch. He's trying to watch all 30 teams. It's the same thing with the Kings. I think it's going to be on the thunder to flip that narrative and the narrative is not going away until it's flipped the kings for forever was their ownership groups terrible they don't know what they're doing we were purveyors of that narrative on this podcast and it's that's the narrative until it's not it's going to be the same with okc let me ask another question um because I, I i do disagree with the narrative yep but mm-hmm. a a light version of the narrative I maybe agree with depending on how the season goes like okay if, if like I'll answer the question for myself and then I'll kick it to you guys if the Thunder are third in the Western Conference at the trade deadline and there's gettable players that could maybe like not just like this one year rental guy that helps you win some games in the playoffs but a guy that's either a, a friend star or a really complimentary piece that fits the system is on a decent contract for three years. Like what would it take for you guys to say, yeah, we actually, the, the thunder need to do something to help Shea and help this team push forward. Whether yeah, what it's, if, whether it's really good or really bad. Yeah. What if SJ is like on a legitimate MVP campaign and, and the team is clearly not up to that standard. It will be hard to, it'll probably be hard in the moment to talk, to be patient. Like, like Sam Presti always tells us to be as fans is be patient, let it happen naturally. But if SGA keeps doing what he's doing, it keeps climbing. And these other guys are two, three, four years away from being at that level. It will be tough. There'll be some tension for sure. Um, and I think SGA could quell that pretty easily if he, if he chooses to. So that'll be interesting. That'll be very interesting. So like, what if a guy like, I don't know, uh, Okongwu or something from Atlanta, pops up like that jacob uh, i think on uh wednesday show whenever we talk about best case scenarios and like acquiring another guy he was talking about it would be acquiring a guy that's on a rookie deal or like nick said a long-term deal that you don't have to worry about leaving in a year that makes sense and and it makes sense especially if sga is as good as he looks and was last year in reference to your question nick specific to this year i wonder how much chet's injury last year plays into this because we've heard Presty say he wants to give like each iteration of the team the chance to prove themselves and like see what we can get out of it. If Chet had played last year, I think we probably have like a good grasp. And the second year is like, all right, let's see where they're at. And if they're in third, then it's like, okay, we know what we've got. Let's go get another piece because he didn't play last year. I wonder it's like, okay, they're third. Like let's keep going. Right? Like, that's great. Let's see what happens from here on out. We don't need to make a move because we don't know what happens next. And that maybe this is enough. And being in third, heading into the playoffs is all we need for us to, you know, achieve the potential. That could be Sam Presti's line of thinking. And I think that that might be the thing that holds the Thunder off this year. Do I think that changes next year if they find themselves in a similar position absolutely because i think you get that that exposure to kind of where this team is at what they need on a longer scale than just one season or a half season so i agree with everything that silva and justin just said uh, in response to nick's question and i agree exactly with where nick is coming with his question so while you guys were 
saying that, I, I pulled up something that I saw here, I guess, two days ago. Uh, I'm not going to call this person a media member, NBA me- media member, because he's not, but he is a prominent member of what you would call NBA Twitter. Uh, and <laughs> Drag and, him, Taylor. And, and I mean, it's true. Like, has a lot of followers, mm-hmm. post certain tweets because they get engagement, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, he posted a four-team trade, and I'm not going to break oh, down no. the entire trade, oh, no. <laughs> but just in terms of the Thunder, they would mm-hmm. uh, they would get OG and Anobi in return, Wendell Carter Jr. in return, sending out Davis Bertans, uh, Jalen Williams, Josh Giddy, and Poku. And like, from a surface level, again, kind of wrapping this all back up to your original uh, point, Silva, about like national NBA narratives and not actually watching the Thunder on a game-to-game game to game game to game basis like it i see where somebody would get that from right like you're not giving up a ton of picks for two really nice players and og and will wendell carter jr but that is bringing in two completely foreign players who don't necessarily fit what this thunder team is building towards and getting rid of josh giddy who has tremendous upside and fits exactly the style play that this thunder team is building towards and what presti is trying to build towards so I think that kind of, I don't know, maybe that's a long way to answer Nick's question in the sense that I don't think we're going to see something drastic. But yes, like we're, we're not going to see something like this this NBA or Twitter member uh, proposed. But yeah. like I think more something of like the Russ MVP season when he had no help but was playing really well. And so Presti went ahead and traded for like Taj Gibson. Now Taj Gibson isn't like a sexy name. <laughs> but I could see them improving the roster. Yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> like adding uh, some some depth to this team to help them yeah. with the playoff push, but nothing drastically that's going to change actual structure and long term view of this team. What do you think about the flip side of the coin? Like, I, I don't, I don't foresee Shea if this season goes really bad to start, like being super frustrated in post game availabilities and like making big statements. Like he's bought into what the Thunder is doing, the patience, the process. Uh, but if at, I don't know, a month before the All-Star break, this team is like 10, 12 games below 500 and like really at the bottom of the league, does this change your view? Like For you guys as somebody that covers the team, is this to you like a maybe something does need to be retooled? I'm not saying you traded Josh Giddy or J-Dub, but does there need to be some retooling? Because... Shea's only under contract for so long. It's not like you can't turn a team around in two, three, four years, but like the clock does start to tick at some point. And especially if he's performing at an extremely high level, like he was in FIBA, like he was last season, and maybe the rest of the team isn't performing up to that level to compliment him. To your point, Nick. Yeah, it'd be like if there is a clearly defined weakness that needs to be fixed, like if if we really need, if the Thunder really need a, a traditional big, to back up Chet. If like if we feel like yep. that would solve the problem, then yep. okay. But I don't see them rushing things in any sense. I think that's the biggest part like point of frustration for this uh narrative is we don't even we don't know who these guys are gonna be. The the young guys that would be involved in a trade like like they're proposing. Um because the conversation with Shelburne and Lowe was talking about Giannis. So it's like I don't know. Let's just wait and see what Chet, J Dub, and Giddy are gonna be before we start trying to ship them off. And that that just annoys me so so much because essentially what they're like kind of preluding there is if this young, exciting, awesome Thunder team that we love right now isn't as young, fun, and exciting as we hope they are, then we're going to start having the same conversation about Shea on national podcasts mm-hmm. simply because that's how the NBA works. That's how we get clicks and listens on our podcast and we want him we – want, we want to start the narrative so that hopefully he'll request a trade and go to a big market so we can continue to get those listens, clicks, et cetera, et cetera. I hate that. So we're all smashing the over, it sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) What a segment, though. That was a great segment, Silva. Well done. Smashing the over. This episode is going to be three and a half hours long. It will. The other ones are not nearly as, like, (laughs) context-filled. It'll be a team effort as we uh, try and cut and condense it. (laughs) Yeah, okay, we can go shorter on this next one. Uh, These next few are Thunder-specific. So next one. I'm going to set it at four and a half. Thunder players averaging more than 12 points per game. Uh, for context, there's four last year. SGA, Giddy, Dort, J-Dub. 
So over under four and a half. We'll start with Nick. You said four or four and a half? Four and a half. This is a good over under. So will there be a like fifth? Well, I, I don't think Dort's going to do it this year. Um, and I know there's a lot of people out there that think, and rightfully so, that Chet will be awesome. Um, I could see him having a rookie season that he averages 11, 12, 13 points, but it's right around this over under. So Shea's a lock. Josh is a lock. I think J Dub's a lock. I think Dort falls below. We'll throw Chet in there as as four. So I'm going to go under. Okay, uh, Justin. I tend to agree, um, but I think it could be close. I think it could be close with Dort. I think it could be close. You know, depending on how things shake out. This is like shot in the dark, but like, does Mitchich flirt with 12 points a game? I was thinking about it. Maybe you were thinking about it. Really? I know. Well, it's because it's my deepest, <laughs> my, my deepest point of confusion for the thunder. I'm like, could that I don't be? know. Like that it could just... sound like an insane comment yeah. in three months. Um, maybe, I don't know. There, there's a hand. That could sound like an insane comment either that. way. Now that I think about what you just said, <laughs> like touche. <laughs> Um, we got someone in the chat saying, like, does Isaiah Joe get to yeah. that level? Like it's just a lot of guys that could. It it'd be it there's a lot of guys that could flirt with it. And so for that reason, I think I take the over. Because I think it'll be the four that Nick mentioned, and then one of those other guys that's on the fringe, I think we'll get there. I think the mystery box too is like if somebody misses significant time that allows somebody else to score a bunch, like their season average yeah. could mm-hmm. could be floated a bit. Yep. Um, but I'm I'm answering this question like assuming it's a very standard distribution. So I know we've made the the joke about our segment from Wednesday and, and Sunday, and I'm the optimist and and Nick's the the pessimist, etc. The, the realist. The realist. I mean, we will get into that shirt, yes. But <laughs> I also think about like and as much as I want to say, like, yeah, I could say I say Joe having twelve points a game, maybe Casey Wallace plays Casey Wallace plays really well and wow. Mitchich plays, you know, but oh. that's I think more so like Shea's going to take a jump, potentially average more points per game. We want to see J Dub and Giddy each take a jump and average more points per game. Chet's obviously going to come in, and I would hope that he would average more than what was it, twelve and a half points per game? Yeah, 12, or twelve yeah. points per game. So if that happens, like you can't have all those things at once. It's not like this team's going to score 160 points per game because that's just completely unrealistic in the NBA. So because of those reasons, that we think all of our, you know, quote unquote, if you want to call them like a core four, are going to take a leap, uh, and, and including Chet, who will score more than 12 points per game and stay healthy, like those points have to come from somewhere. And so I, I think I'm going to take the under here and say that there will be four. I kind of agree with what Nick's saying. Wow. Did um, not have Taylor taking the under on my bingo card. Um, I think I'm going to go... Oh, boy. Oh, God. Now that I'm here, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go over um, for a reason that I will explain in a one that's coming up. I'm going to go over. So cryptic. I know. But no, I think it's going to be uh, the guys that averaged that many last year and Chet. I think that's that's what it's going to be. Um, okay. Next one. Moving along. This one's weird. Um, Poku starts. I'm going to set it at 18. Getting a little weird. Taylor, you go first. Why is it tough? Give me the under. (laughs) Because I I just don't know if Poku's going to... I don't know if he's actually going to start. You could have set the the over-under at five, and I think I would have taken the under. Oh. Really? Go ahead. I think... There will be a scenario in which Poku and Chet start together, and I'm like, it's going to be erotic on on Twitter.com. (laughs) (laughs) But do I think that is a normal thing that happens? Absolutely not. Like, I think, yeah, Jacob's mentioned it before as like Poku kind of playing the backup to Chet. And I think that's a much more likely rotation than having Poku and Chet in the starting lineup. I think Poku may get like an off start with Chet, but I think more likely if he's starting, it's because Chet's not, which means Chet's either resting 
or injured and god help us i hope he's resting (laughs) that's that is exactly why i was like kind of contemplating it because i could see a world where chet is quote-unquote healthy but um i don't know maybe gets banged up a little bit isn't you know they don't want to risk it that's why i was kind of flirting with it but no i agree i'm going under okay but i said uh why is it so difficult i was saying that because i think it's over pretty what i love this i love this because we do this every we, we do this every year we we think about this guy's role and how he fits on the roster on a standard game night and do i think poku is a starting five player on this team no doesn't have to be chet but injuries happen weird things happen into the year um like guys just like Jeremiah Robinson Earl started 20 games last year. Yeah, that's a good point. Aaron Wiggins started 14 games. Like, not that Aaron Wiggins is bad, but like you're talking about you're like between spot starts, injuries, um, weird lineup tweaks. Like now that this team's gonna be competitive, there's going to be times in the season where like this starting five isn't working. Let's let's try Dort off the bench and play Poku at the three and dub at the four, vice versa. Like <laughs> these these things are gonna happen. <laughs> I am just, I am complete aside. I'm so ready for a Shay. Uh, wait, yeah, Shay, Giddy, Oose, Poku, Chet lineup. Oh, God. All the long boys. Like, I, it's, it's, it's going to happen. You'll love it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know no, why. Like, fair point. I think with Chet coming in this year, and I don't have a lot that I'm basing this on, I guess, but <laughs> it feels to me like this might be a year where we get less rotation in the starting lineup than what we've seen in the past from Diggs. Like, I think we're, we're starting to see those core pieces cement in a way that they have not cemented while Dagnault has been the coach. And while we praised him for like, wow, look how he changes up the starting lineups. Unlike Billy Donovan, Scotty Brooks, fill in the blank. I think a lot of that had to do with circumstance. And like, once the tears become more clear, the wiggle room and the like revolving chess pieces goes way down. And I feel like this year it's becoming pretty clear. I think there's still a few spots like we've discussed that, that can swap out. But I would say overall, like if, if you looked at a trend of like different starting lineups through the years, I think this year is going to go pretty significantly down compared to where the thunder have been in the last few. Yeah. I, I think the other thing to, to just to ponder on, I don't think it's going to sway your opinion, but, I think we're conditioned with recency bias to think about Poku as a five and like Chet coming in. Poku's not going to play as much, but like the reality is he's not a center. Totally. But like, he's a good backup for Chet. He is. He is. But I'm, but I'm saying in his spot starts or in these weird lineups where he does start for whatever reason, injuries, trying different things. I think it's more like the three or the four than the five. Like I don't, I don't, yeah. Obviously, you've got to consider who Chet's playing next to. And if they don't fit together, he's not going to play four. But like, I, I just, it's, it's hard for me to picture a world where he doesn't have the, at least the opportunity to start 20 games. So I know you, my counter argument here is something I know you agree with, Nick. <laughs> so you're, you're going to hate it. But like, it, it, we're, you're talking about centers, <laughs> threes, and fours. And like, this team doesn't play that. So to your point, like Poku get inserted into the starting lineup, but Poku is the one. We, we don't really have a yeah. I mean, we don't have not again. You basically have <laughs> ball handlers, and then you have everybody else. And so, I mean, I I, I could see it. We've literally seen Point Poku. Yes, we and have. We have seen Point Poku. It, we uh, saw it. <laughs> there, I might. I I think there will still be some actual ball handlers uh, in that that lineup. I think uh, Jacob is probably headbutting his uh, steering wheel, honking the horn right now, listening to this. I think he would hit the over because he just loves Poku. I think, but I think and I Poku's good. He I, is. I He's agree. good. I think Poku and is you like can the, still be good and not start eighteen games. Yes, I think I Poku agree, is like a utility if, guy. You just plug him in and let him just you exactly know, wriggle around out there. Exactly, and that is why <laughs> let him raise chaos in an eighty-two game season with injuries across the board, resting, weird circumstances. When you are a guy that can literally plug in anywhere, mm. you're a good candidate yeah. to get a spot start. Yeah, uh, I think injuries are the biggest reason why I'm going with the over. But I don't think it's a lot. I don't think I'm going like 
30 games. It's more like 20, maybe. Um, well, guys, that was a really quick one. It was a really quick one again. I just I didn't expect that to. I thought everyone would just, would just so say passionate. no. I thought everyone would just say no and, and just and hit the under, but that was that was good. Um, the next one, moving along, Lou Dort shot attempts ten and a half. Uh, we'll go faster on these next two and then take a little breaky. Uh, Justin, you're up. Please be under. Please, yeah. it has to be under. I'm with, with you the there. Mouths to feed on this roster. If Lou Dort is taking 11 or more shots a game, I'm going to be upset because there's other people I would like to see getting those shots. Or there's been injuries. So let's hope for neither of those situations. I agree. Yeah, it's got to be less. Got to be. If this team's going to reach its ceiling, it's got to be less. Yeah, and I think he can take less and still score a similar amount because he's going to get wide open shots. Like wide open, he should be able to take his time, not doing all the crazy driving and stuff. That that's what I was gonna say. It, it depends on the quality of those shots. If they're yes. open looks mm-hmm. and not Dort driving to the basket and finishing forty percent of the time, then great. This is the yeah. year of Lou Dort, the play finisher, not the trying to be playmaker. It's a good way to play look finishers at. are very valuable. They yeah, are agreed. Um, okay, last one before the break. Thunder players traded by the trade deadline. Set it at one and a half. Maybe that was too low. Or this, one's, this one's hard for me just because I don't really have a strong feeling one way or the other. Like I, yeah. oh, it's, a, it's a great over-under. It's starting well opening night, right? Uh, or just from today. Trade deadline. Traded so, by uh, the trade deadline. But from today. From, to, from, from the time the season starts to the deadline. Oh, wow. Oh, from the time the season, let's say from the time the season starts. It's like you have your 15-man set. Yes. Okay. That's a good. That's a great that's clarification. That's how. That's what I was thinking of. Whenever. Yeah. You know what? With that clarification, give give me the under. Good point, yeah. Nick. <laughs> I'm Nick gonna say it's a star. I'm gonna say over. I don't. I don't give it, us the names. I'm just, give yeah. us. <laughs> tell <laughs> us. <laughs> um. That's a. That's gonna be a sounder. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's hard to just trade one guy when you don't have one guy that's worth trading. Um, It often becomes a package. And I think it it could be one trade, two guys that are like one decent prospect and one salary filler or something like that, or one bad contract that the thunder, you know, pushes through the house to get a pick. Something something along those lines, I think we've seen the Thunder often make trades where it's a few people lumped together versus these kind of like single-man trades. I'm taking the over two. Yeah. This team has too many, like, we don't know who's going to make the 15-man, but if Oladipo does or Bertans does or both do, yeah, like those are going to be expired. Oladipo's expiring. Um, Bertans has a small guarantee and will be expiring the next season still still an attractive contract. So I, I just think this team is set up in a way that a trade of two players makes a lot of sense. I think I would agree. Uh, okay, let's take a short break. We'll come back, do a few more rapid-fire ones, and then uh, you know where we're going from there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, uh, Nick's gone, I see. We're back, except for Nick. We're back. Uh, Nick is gone. Uh, okay. Next one's. This is league wide. We all know it. They had to be, you know, multiple times. <laughs> we were in Vegas with them. Yep. <laughs> that guy. I don't like okay. the way you said that. That sounds weird. That had weird connotations. You saw him. Do it. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's what move are on. we over undering? Uh, these no are context le- needed. These are league wide and pretty fun, I think. So first one, star <laughs> player trade requests. I'm putting it at two and a half. Ooh. Taylor, you go I first. Eight this over under also, Silva. Very well done. Um, thought about it for about 40 seconds. So I think, oh, that was quick. Hey, look at Nick. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, so if we're not including the ones that have already occurred, right, with Dame and James Harden, would that be the correct assumption there, Silva? Correct. Are we using the newly minted NBA definition of what a star player is? Oh, God. God. (laughs) Now we're talking. All-star game. Please provide the official definition. (laughs) I'm going to go... Again, I I don't feel good about this one either, but I'm going to go under just because we're not including Dame or Harden. Mm -hmm. I think it'd be interesting if we got to the trade deadline and there was an additional or honestly, an additional three in this scenario that, that requested out. So for that reason, uh, I'm going to go under. Like maybe Cat would be one. Trying to think of who That's else would be name. another. I'm like kind of having trouble coming up with more than, than the two. Yeah. I'm going to go under. Not under that two stars are traded, but I think the NBA has been very, very clear that the request for a trade is very frowned upon, especially when you're going to limit it to the teams you want to go to. Um, so if a cat was traded, for example, it may not come out that he demanded a trade and it's this long saga. It may be just like trade deadline. He's kind of available and he was traded, didn't demand it, but he was traded and he kind of wanted to leave. Like, I think that the trade request piece is the kicker here. So I'm going to go under. That's compelling. I'm going to go over. I don't think the NBA has done enough to curb this yet. I think you're right. They've taken steps. I think they still have a big problem to solve on that front. And I think you're going to see it keep happening until it literally becomes disadvantageous. Like the only thing that's going to stop it in my mind this year is Dame withering away in Portland the whole season. Like if Dame gets anywhere, it's going to keep like, even if it's disincentivized, there's still an incentive because, you know, look, yeah, you know, he, he had to wait it out, but he got to Miami or fill in the blank. And, you know, it, it all worked out for him. It's going to continue to happen. That's the way the league has been trending for a while. I think the league needs to continue to address it probably. Uh, but there's, I, I, it feels like a safe bet. It'd be interesting to look back on this one, and I don't have the data in front of me, but it'd be interesting to look back and see what that number is in past years. Uh, True. To see how it compares to the two and a half. I was just going to say, like, Justin, I, I would agree with you if this over under were now between this point next year. Like, we're having the mm-hmm. same podcast here heading into the 2024 yeah. 2025 season, which seems crazy to think yeah. about. Um, but between now and the trade deadline, that I think that's why I went the under. Well, the fun thing about this is that Harden damn near averages a trade request and a half every season. <laughs> so, so he does might he have count for two between. So <laughs> that's where it gets interesting. I, I'm gonna I'm he gonna go over traded twice from now. I'm also gonna go over. I think um, younger players are gonna be more like gonna start doing stuff like this. Um, a guy like I don't know a Lamelo Ball, so a name like that, or maybe a Zion, maybe both. I don't know. Um, yeah, I could definitely see that happening. So I'm going over. Man, Kate Cunningham and SGA will be so good. No, okay, see wow. I forgot about Cade. Hope he's doing well. Um, <laughs> uh, next one teams in the West with more than 50 wins. And I'm going to set it at two and a half because there were two teams 
last year with more than 50, Denver and Memphis. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Uh, Nick. It's really hard because it feels like a more balanced West than it's mm-hmm. been in a while. But I also feel like the West has lacked those top teams for a bit. And there are certainly teams that have the ability to kind of run the West. Um I'll go over. It's going to be by the half. It's going to be three teams. Which three? Ooh, you tell me. Fun. You tell me. You tell me which. No. Which two? And I'll tell you the third. <laughs> I think you're going to go under based on your comment. I'm just curious. That's all. Go to you ahead. I was going to say the Nuggets you. feel like a safe bet. Yes. I think that you yeah, know, yeah. they were pretty freaking great last year, and I think they'll be pretty freaking great this year as well. Who are you adding to it? So if I'm looking at this list, you have the Nuggets and you have the Grizzlies. They were 53 and 51. Yeah. The Nuggets lost Bruce Brown, which I understand isn't huge, but they didn't really add anybody of significance. Grizzlies obviously have the whole John Morant, the yeah. John Morant situation. The Suns were at 45 and added Bradley Bill. one of them. Yep. And then you have the Kings at 48, Clippers at 44, Warriors at 44. So this provides some context. Like, would it be one of those teams? What are you guys thinking? I mean, I think the Pelicans have a chance if Zion plays. Oh, okay. No, that's not the the answer everyone loves to hear, but like they were absolutely tremendous. They were awesome. way before Weren't they like the, they were, were like right. a top two seed, right? They were For, really, uh, really, really, yeah. really, really good. Um, I still think the Grizzlies could do it, mm-hmm. um, even without Jaw. You know, they've got Marcus Smart. They've got pieces that could carry in the absence, and they've been good without Jaw in the past two. Denver's the obvious one. I think Phoenix has a chance, injuries aside. Um, God, this one hurts me, but Dallas has the potential to do it. Like if Luka and Kyrie actually start driving. As they have for years. I mean, if we say that, the Thunder had the potential to do it. Whoa, buddy. I mean, mean, sure. This this is the worst case scenario. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So so I I think there's four or five teams that could. Like the Clippers, if they still could, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and considering but all those scenarios, will they? well, I think, I think of those five or six, three will come to fruition. There are a lot that could for sure. It's, it's tough. I'd probably also what go over, but like three, have. I'd go over, I'm going I'd under. say three and I'm going to say Denver, Phoenix, and I'm going to hate myself for this. The Lakers. Not right. I, don't, I don't trust those teams health enough yeah. uh, i don't trust the sun's depth enough i think these are going to be incredible playoff teams but when it comes when push comes to shove we're talking about players resting the new rules being implemented i mean sure maybe we see these players a little more but at the end of the day like i don't see that really translating to the regular season i'm taking the under here i, I think the the grizzly or sorry the nuggets um i can see the kings getting there as well i could too. Like, i almost said them but you know and I get it. Like you, you see these other teams, you, you would think that they would get to 50 wins. I just don't see it happening. Uh, I just see these being really good playoff teams and that's what they really care about. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, last one, last over under the night teams in the East with more than 50 wins. I'm going to set Ooh. that one's going to be set at three and a half. Uh, last season there were four, come on basketball. Four last year. Yes. Four last year. Set it at three and a half. 
Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Cavs. I'm going to go three in the East, too. So under on this one. Under. Mm. I think I agree. I think there there is some more definite tiers in the East than there is in the West, where it's a little smooshed. I think that it's likely the ones above 50 wins are, are much higher. But then I think there's there's probably a, a gap. I agree with that. Last year, yeah. there, was only, there was no 60-win teams last year. No. Nope. Kind of crazy. Bucks no, were at 58. Uh, I forgot what I said Denver was. 53. Wow. So Bucks were the closest. That's wild. That's Celtics. Yeah. Bucks have, Celtics 57. 57. Sixers, yeah. Sixers, 54. So the top three records were in the East. Crazy. Yep. I think Boston could win 60 this year. It's not the question, but. Yeah. Okay. That's the end of over-unders. Thank you all for participating. Uh, here's another ad break. <laughs> and we're back. Well, Nick. Here we are. <laughs> it's time to talk worst case scenarios for OKC this season. <laughs> I love it. We've gotten so much use out of that sounder and we have. I really like that. It. It's perfect. Yeah, a lot of uses for it. <laughs> so on Wednesday, we're, we're going to do the exact same criteria as Wednesday that I kind of messed up as soon as I made my first point on Wednesday. But the criteria <laughs> was and is what things would have to happen excluding injuries for the Thunder to hit their worst-case scenario. Uh, so that's going to be it. Uh, Nick, I guess yep. we should start. So, Taylor, whenever you did this, you wanted us to kind of give high-level outcomes first. So, like, record, things like that first. So I'll let Nick just, you know. I mean, it doesn't matter. I, I think, like, we all went through, <laughs> we all picked, and then whichever ones I had left over, we kind of went through and discussed. So, Nick, yeah. like, I, I know you you probably have a good list, and so we'll, we'll just, do something yeah, similar. I don't, I don't have a list. I have a, a, an exact This outcome. is Nick's wow. soul. An exact. Nick, like, just, just paint that he has heart. stuff he's already put money on. Uh, but, like, just to be clear, to no, I have not put money on anything Thunder, I promise. <laughs> agreed. I um, agree completely. We aren't talking, like, you know, Chet's a bust and the team gets sold because the arena doesn't get – you know, like, it, it's not no, that no, extreme. No, no. We're trying to no, talk more realistic actual I outcomes. I and I think ultimately the goal, right, is to see, like, what is the actual floor of this team and what is the actual ceiling. Yeah. I All think right, the worst case scenario is Thunder miss the play in by one spot and Utah and Houston are the two worst teams in the West, mm. which really diminishes the chance for those two picks to convey. And not only do you miss the play in, but you have a late lottery pick and you're kind of while, while internal development is great and it's another end of the belt and the team probably still has a bright future kind of feels like you're right back where you were in a, in a sense. Yep. I My head was in a very similar space, except instead of missing the play-in, I had repeating this year's performance where you make it in, but you don't do anything with it. Maybe you don't even win that first play-in game, and that's tough because then it, it just it takes your scenario and like ratches it down one more, and it's like, man, like they're close, but they didn't really make any headway yeah. They didn't they didn't have that jump. They didn't they're not getting another like high priority draft asset. It's just kind of a like you said kind of a uh, well, The reason I said miss is victory. it feels like a step back. Is it yeah. really? Probably not, but is it feels like a step back. Agree yeah. with yeah, I agree with both those points. And I think like when you really think about to Justin's point I I think your point would almost be worse Justin just because I think like us Thunder fans are really in the weeds. Like we talked about comparing like the national podcast, like the Zach Lowe podcast to somebody like us who, who covers his team on a game by game basis. We'd be arguing like, well, then should we have just like kind of tanked those last couple of games and try to get a better pick? Right. Like Dallas, mm -hmm. right? Like what was the point of making the play in? If that's what you're going to do, you know, look how it worked out for Dallas. They as much crap as they got. It seems like it worked out. So that that would be a really tough spot to be in looking ahead to next year for OKC. It's a good point, but I like it, and I get Nick's point as well. Like on paper, not even making the play in is such a like feels such a tier below what the Thunder did this past season. It's tough because you want 
the development and the rebuild to be linear. It's not always linear. And mm-hmm. it's tough because Thunder 1.0 was very linear and it was like a very steep line at that. And it's going to be hard to separate this iteration and this rebuild from that first go round. And it may not take that steep of a climb. And I think a lot of Thunder fans coming out of last year have very high expectations for this season. And there's a lot to be excited about and a lot of like justification for those high expectations. But if you look around the league, there are so many teams that returned a lot of pieces, had a lot of promising young guys, and it just didn't materialize a second time around. And like that, that can happen. And that can be a lot of reasons. Like I know Nick's talked about it. We're not talking injuries in our doomsday segment, but like that can happen. That can be a very real part of it. Shay, like, losing his touch at the rim could happen for a year. Like we've seen that happen with guys all around the league. Like maybe he just has an off year and he's only, you know, finishing at the rim, like 45% of the time instead of what he normally does. I think that like, those are some very real things that could happen. They don't follow that linear trajectory that we've seen up to this point for the thunder. And they wouldn't necessarily be like, derailing the thunder rebuild either they're not they're not a well this has failed time to blow it up again kind of thing but it's it doesn't necessarily follow the expectations that i think are floating out there that's the thing for this season is that there are it feels like there are some stakes for the first time like there are expectations like justin just said there are some stakes i think fans want the team to take a step forward like you guys all just said i think there is with those stakes there's also a chance for failure in the eyes of fans maybe not the prestige of the world, but for the for the players, I imagine that would suck a lot if they got to the play-in, won the first round, and then got blown out in the second one again. Like that would suck for these guys. And so, and I really so there's a chance for that. Yep. Don't want to take us here all the way. Like maybe we save this, especially as we get closer and closer to the season. But like to your point, still talking about stakes. And I know I said we wouldn't, you know, say worst case scenario is the arena proposal doesn't get approved and the, the team gets, you know, purchased from another, uh, by another city. I'm not necessarily saying that, but like there are some stakes in that regard as well. There's all this hype and excitement around the team. And if they don't perform well heading into the December vote, yep. just something I've had in the back of my mind for, for the pessimist. I've thought about that. Uh, that's a whole new terror to think of. <laughs> <laughs> which we don't need to dive down, but no, no, I know what you mean. wanted to mention. I don't think a 20 game span leading up to the vote. If that's what really sways voters one way or the other, you're voting for the wrong reasons. Yeah, correct. But well, like, that defines most voters, Nick. Thank you. It does. Uh, exactly. I'm it voting no because I'm mad. It, it sucks, I which is why I went like on a Twitter thread or X thread or whatever on Friday yeah. trying to defend it. X thread. So I do have a... I know it sounds ridiculous. Gross, I do dude. have a uh, another one. I think here for the again some likely worst case scenarios. Watching Taylor try to be a pessimist is tough. I know it really is. <laughs> this is a uh, depressing, but we all love J Dub, right? But there really is a thing such as a sophomore slump. Mm. So what if Dub doesn't truly take another leap? Like, what if he kind of struggles some in his second year? I'm not saying maybe his, like, stats really go down necessarily, but we see guys like Giddy taking a leap, Shea taking a leap, and how does Giddy adjust to that? Well, don't forget Giddy struggled earlier, too. Yeah, Yeah, we're right, right? yeah. No, granted, he had a crater inside of his face, but your point still stands. Um, But, no, you're right. And, And just, like, how does he fit? with these guys who are older than him, or maybe not older than him. I can't say that they have more experience in the NBA than he does. Um, and they are taking some leaps. Like how does he actually adjust to that? Do we see a quote unquote sophomore slump from J dub? I think it's a really interesting point. And it kind of leads us into another, I wanted to talk about development and kind of what worst case could look like from a development standpoint anyway. So uh, t- yeah, to talk about J dub, I think a lot of fans do expect him to keep progressing linearly and upwards in his in his play but i think it's really important to note that like there's gonna be four really really good what we think will be really really good young guys like including chet and adding chet to the offense and what that looks like that could stifle like jada jada stat line might not be as good as it was because he's when he's playing he's now focused on incorporating chet into all these things and it just adds another layer to a player that is not only facing 
teams that now have scouting reports on him. You're also having to incorporate a seven footer that can do all these awesome things and think about that while you're playing. So it, you know, there might be more like might be some rust, some adjustment needs to happen early on. Um, I could definitely see that that happening. So speaking of incorporating Chet, what if Chet and Shea Gilgis Alexander have a tough time gelling? It sounds crazy because it feels like it should be a perfect fit, right? Like we've talked so much about Shea's never played with a real lob threat, but like, what if that doesn't work? Like, what if his game doesn't adapt? What if he doesn't find the adjustments? What if what we've seen, the chemistry off the charts between Giddy and Chet, there becomes a rift between Uh-oh. the Giddy Chet duo and Shea. And it becomes the oh, same no. argument we had in Thunder 1.0 with the Russ versus KD, which is the right way to lead the team. Which which team when are you will on? They trade Giddy. Like false combative narrative. Is it the J or the the Josh Giddy and Chet? <laughs> side versus the SGA side like SGA is a stud we need to let him cook no Josh and Chet are the future like that could happen it sounds again sounds insane because it feels like on paper it should be a beautiful fit and like Chet should be able to mold with anybody and in reality probably but that I don't think it's crazy the discussions that we had about I don't like, either can Shay and Giddy coexist become the same conversations you just add chet into the mix okay i love that justin because tying that to our first over under when we talked about the national podcast narratives and i mentioned how it wouldn't be like you know i think nick had a really good question there i don't think it's necessarily going to be you know kind of in the gray it's going to be either uh oh wow this young thunder team the pressy pressy doing it the right way and why aren't the thunder trading for fill in the blank superstar and giddy's going to be a part of that narrative um, mm-hmm. And we, we talked a lot about coming into last season. Like one of the big narratives we were following is can Shea and Giddy coexist? I think us Thunder fans feel like we saw success with the team and they can coexist, but there is an argument to be had that like we didn't necessarily see them really gel. Like that is still a question coming into this season. It wasn't really answered last season. I love that one. I think I know this is worst case scenario, um, but I think. This is not being a pessimist. It's being a realist. I'll say it again. <laughs> it would be surprising. <laughs> it would be very surprising if Shay and Chet or Josh and Chet or fill in the blank with two, three players. It'd be a shock if they went and perfectly gelled immediately or even like by March. Like yeah. that's not normal to do. If, if they can show improvement together throughout the course of the season, you should feel good. But if your expectation is Chet slides in as a perfect center and this team is 20 games better because of Chet solely, I'm sorry. It's not how the game works, you know? So, like, while while I, I do think that a nightmare scenario where it doesn't work at all and we're having these conversations, sure, but don't expect it to yeah. work like that. We need, we need to get our sound guy to edit, like, some storm clouds and some <laughs> eerie music. Who, who is that? We need to make sure. You, you know the music, kind of like, sad Charlie Brown music. <laughs> Is what we yeah. need. <laughs> or uh, I curb, actually, curb your enthusiasm. Yeah, oh, gum. Yes, that's yeah. a good one. I'm going to put, it's not being a pessimist, it's being a realist on Nick's tombstone. You should do that. You need to make that his bio. <laughs> it's permanent intro. Uh, we had a comment from Joseph that made me think about some things. He, he said J-Dub's going to be splashing threes more, which I think we all expect him to take more threes. But part of this gelling that we're talking about, I think does require some improvement to the guys surrounding SGA as far as their three-point shots go. Like, that could cause issues with gelling if J-Dub is not shooting well from three, if Giddy's not shooting well from three. Chet could have an adjustment period there also. Just something to think about. Then they could figure that out over the season, but that could be, if there's no spacing, that's could cause some problems for sure. What if Lou Dort doubles down on Lou Dort. Oh, no. He oh, becomes no. Dylan Brooks, walks down the Dylan Brooks path. <laughs> becomes, what if he sits down at Media Day and talks about his alternate personality that he's created? Oh, no. Um, Wears boxing gloves hey, in the hallway. <laughs> hey, Shay, they want me to come off the bench. Oh, my God. <laughs> I really want to earn this contract. That's pretty good. 
That's pretty good. Yeah, like what if he throws a fit about coming mm-hmm. off the bench and decides like, you know what? I'm going to show them how they went wrong and comes out chucking 15 shots a game and trying Luckily, to like ISO. It would be insane. Fortunately, we have there are a lot of good dudes and le- good level-headed dudes on this team, it sounds like, but before people in the comments freak out, uh, we're just talking theoreticals here. <laughs> the reason I hate all these is because they are... There's some it goes realism. nature. Yes, and, and there's like some realism in there. Like, hey, these aren't like, you know, like I said, these aren't, you know, fill in the blank player breaks his leg in half and the team gets traded or the team gets bought like and moves to Seattle. Like, there's some, there's some legitimacy. It's all some possible. Yeah, it's all possible. Exactly. Anything is possible. Like Kevin Garnett. Anything is possible. Easy, easy KG. Yeah. <laughs> What do we think about a worst case scenario where the Houston Rockets finish ahead of the Thunder in the standings oh, and find Justin, a semblance Justin, of postseason success, thus validating the Houston method of team building versus the Thunder who continue to fail to progress? This is some bullshit. <laughs> uh, Justin, I just, that's a great one, and I hate it. Justin, I just <laughs> thanks, I, I hate it. it. Yeah, guys, I can do these all day. Nick gets the credit for being the pessimist, keep, but if we're talking going, like dark fantasies, unlocked by Fred Van Vliet, the right? Houston like Rockets Fred Van Vliet and Dylan yeah. Brooks were the missing piece for the Rockets. <laughs> then the, the leaders that we need. talked about earlier about how the Thunder need to get off their ass and start pushing some chips in gets so much louder. Look what the Rockets did when they got Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks. The Thunder Sam don't want to work anymore. Needs to stop pissing away Shea's potential, like that is yeah. hell that would be the worst hell. thing that could happen yeah you win it's not impossible <laughs> it's not impossible correct that's, that's that, yep agreed like, agreed and, and it may not be that way at the end of the season but say like 20 games in and that bill simmons segment is going to be scorching hot of like uh, i didn't sell look, all my jail stock. yeah that's <laughs> happening for sure that was like, my Bill Simmons impression. <laughs> they're both terrible. We need to stop yeah. doing Bill Simmons impressions. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't that know, man. Like, like I, that, that was really good, and I hate it. <laughs> I assume Houston expects to be better yes. with all the yes. money they spend. They have to, or else you don't spend that money. I think Kelly Iko said heads. Uh, the, someone from their front office said heads will roll if they don't like make I mean, the playoffs. Yeah, Dylan Brooks. As much as we talk crap is a hell of a defender. Van Vliet is a proven point guard that elevates the team and enhances your offense. Jabari Smith Jr. could take a pretty big jump and look like the guy that was supposed to be the number one pick. Amon Thompson should be really dang good. Jalen Green gets crap, just like Devin Booker did, because the team sucked when he scored. What about when he averages 24 game when they're a play-in team? Then all of a sudden, is he good? And we Uh we forget all those narratives. You know what I mean? So, like... Cam Whitmore, it, yeah, Cam yeah. Whitmore. How'd they get him at twenty? It's it's not, it's Look not at the four size. Not asking Cam Whitmore as he fell in the draft. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, unlike Sam Presti, who's still holding his bets on Alexei Pokushevsky. You know what? And then and the news, Shingun is balling <laughs> out, and everyone's saying the Thunder traded traded him away. Yes. Yeah. Oh, see there there's the connection great point the narrative destinies of those two teams are so intertwined this is my thunder hell <laughs> i love that like, thunder hell involves the rockets being good correct <laughs> accurate and i love that our angry fan voice is all the same we all have the same angry fan voice that's just what i imagine nba twitter sounding like in general same. Uh, well, probably higher pitched because they're all 13 that's true. Okay, is there anything else as far as we just you want to lead us further into the darkness, Nick, or anyone else? I mean, I have? think we just do another hour on the uh, new arena. Oh yeah, that sounds great. Let's just <laughs> get mad all over again. Talk it out. It'll be great. Uh, good times. Good times. Okay, so we visited what the ceiling could look like, which was like the three seed in the West. <laughs> we visited the four, which is just hell. I think we were saying, they... I, I was thinking like four. Yeah. Three seems a little optimistic. Out of the plan. <laughs> hell is the Rockets are good and no one develops and <laughs> the same result as last year or worse. Okay. Are we going to have a 
It's a wide gap. Are we going to have a (laughs) middle of the road? I feel like every podcast. That's every segment. Every segment. Yeah, that's like our level headed. (laughs) You're right. We absolutely are. Um, Okay, comments are getting a little wild. I think it's about time to wind this show down, everyone. (laughs) Thank you all for joining us tonight. Uh, Fun fun segment. We're done with the worst and best case. Season's coming around soon. Uh, don't forget to check out our Wednesday show, The Crossover Pod with Hardwood Knox and Jacob. As always, thanks for listening. Uh, I might host again someday. We'll see. <laughs> you did a and fine job, so Thanks, Agreed. gentlemen. Thanks, gentlemen and fellas. All right. Uh, thunder up. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.